Awesome. Well, I'm going to invite up Tim. Let's give a big clap. That was a small clap. Oh, that was just an observation. I didn't mean you had to Hey. <laughs> that was a round of applause you were trying to do. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very nice. Very nice. Love it. Appreciate the creativity. <laughs> How y'all doing? You live? Yes. Three of you. Awesome. Fantastic. The rest of you, we'll, we'll now talk about resurrection and that will be fun. How many of you were here two weekends ago when Phil and Maria were here? Either on the Saturday night or the Sunday night. Most of you. Okay, that's excellent. If you weren't, look, you just missed out. What can I say? I mean, <laughs> no going back now. Hey. That's, I mean, it is on the live, it is on Facebook. You can, you can kind of go back, but it was one of those ones where you really had to be there. Um, you know it's a good meeting when the buckets start coming out and um, people start getting free and you just kind of had to be there um, to understand all of that. But um, how many of you got some kind of breakthrough on that weekend where you feel like you got free of something, something got healed, so you, got, you took some ground somewhere, somehow, there's a few of you. And there's a few of you that aren't here I know that got a whole lot of that too. Um, that is really cool. One of the things that you would have noticed if you were here last weekend is there was a lot of deliverance going on. And if you come from the school of thought that believes that Christians can't be oppressed in some way by demons, then that's another message. But I'm just going to take that one as read right now because the fact that a whole lot of them came off and came out um, tells me that happens. Um, if you want the theology of that, that's for another message. Don't have time to cover that today. But... Um, what we saw last, last time we were together was just a whole lot of freedom taking place. And that is a really cool thing. Like, demons out is better than demons in. Can we all agree on that? <laughs> demons out is better than demons in. Yeah? Um, just ask the pigs that were sent over the cliff. <laughs> so I heard a really funny meme about that really recently where, you know... There's this one thing, of, yeah, the donkey says, yes, I will be the one that Jesus rides in on, you know. And there's this other, can't remember, you know, there's a palm branch, yes, I will be the thing that Jesus walks on. And then, and then the pig speaks up and says, yes, I will let Jesus cast legions of demons into me and throw me over a cliff. Wait, hang on. <laughs> um, but demons out is better than demons in. And um, demons are a defeated foe. They, um, they were defeated at the cross and we have nothing to fear from them at all, and they have a lot to fear from us. That's just the nature of the kingdom. Um, and at which point, it would have been awesome if at least a few of you said like some kind of amen to that, or amen. like, this is okay, we can interact. We're taking ground together here. This is not like a university lecture where you go to sleep. This is, we're gonna take some ground together. One of the things I wanna declare is that deliverance is on the increase right now. We saw a whole lot of it two weekends ago. And then last weekend, I had the awesome privilege of being up at the tribe um, while Phil and Maria were away and speaking up there. And we had a whole lot of deliverance up there too. Um, it's happening and it's happening a whole lot more. And the times in the past, over the past 20 or so years where I've seen deliverance on the rise, it has always preceded something really significant in terms of what God is doing. So that, that gives me a sense of expectation that God is breaking up the ground and he's starting to set us free in a new way. 
I have a lot more to say about that, but let's see how we go. Um, where's Margaret? There you are. You've got a thing. Do you want me to read this out? How do, how do we want to do this? So there's a couple of testimonies from last week, from two weekends ago. Okay. I've not read this, so I'm going to read it. I'm sure it's been... Okay. Excellent. Okay. I'm going to read this. This is a really cool story of something that happened on... Did you want... No? Okay. This is something that happened on Saturday night. Um, and so this is Margaret's daughter, Nerily, who's given us permission to share this, and she shared it in her church the next day, uh, and it caused quite a stir in the best possible way. So here's what she said. She said, It's been two weeks since God healed me of the chronic headache that for the past four and a half years has dominated my every waking moment. Like That's oppression right there. Like that, that is a massive oppression. So when mum, who we know as Margaret invited me to the healing service at I-61 with the tribe Byron Bay. I went knowing that God can heal, but not really expecting anything more than a nice time of worship with my wonderful mum. I'd been to many healing services at different churches in the past few years and it started to become a little despondent that in God's time was not going to be any time soon. It's not unusual for me to cry when receiving prayer, but my experience that night went from sobbing to feeling like I was going to throw up. In fact, I was surprised that I didn't. It was the most physical reaction I've ever had to prayer. I felt as if tentacles that were embedded deep within me were being purged, by the, uh, but they were stubborn and it took a while. Being released from the oppression of pain was the first change I noticed. No longer did I feel smothered, suffocated or inadequate and a burden to my family and friends. That's a good start, but I'm two paragraphs in and there's like a page and a half to go. So hold on to your seat. The next morning I woke to... Oh, I love this. This is going to mess me up. I haven't read this yet. I know the story, but I hadn't read her version of it. This is going to mess me up so bad. Ooh. The next morning I woke to colours being more vibrant and a new clarity of mind. That is so cool. I've heard that so many times when people get free of stuff, all of a sudden they start seeing a vividness of colour that they never saw before. Um, May you feel joy in the shower was one of the many things said the previous night that really stuck with me. So I stood in the shower waiting and waiting, trying to remember what joy actually felt like. As I realised that I couldn't remember, I felt God say, well, I was being subtle, but here you go. And with that, I was drenched in joy that was so potent, I laughed out loud. You know, that whole body laughter that changes you. And I was wrapped in a radiance that, des- that describing with words hardly does it justice. Man, I'll have what she's having. That is all. At church that morning, I was able to actually be in church without earplugs. During worship, my son reached up to me and asked to be picked up. As I leaned down to him, he held my face with both hands and with eyes wide open, exclaimed, Oh, mum, you're back. Thank you so much. <laughs> Was that Ethan? That's, so Ethan's, Ethan's down, got Down syndrome and he's the most beautiful, delightful little kid. But one of the things I know about kids with Downs is they're very sensitive to the spirit and they pick this stuff up. Um, quite incre- That is just beautiful. <laughs> Simply put, everything in italics has changed. 
I want to read my Bible again and again, and I have a renewed desire to pray for others. The conversations I've had with friends, family, and medical professionals have been amazing. So many of my friends have told me that they haven't seen me like this in years. At first, I was apprehensive as to how I was going to tell people, a little worried about finding the right words. But once again, God was clear in telling me, just be faithful in the telling. I've got the rest. Knowing that I'm not responsible for how others receive the truth has been empowering. I've been released from the fear of the past, the present and the future. There will be pain in life, that's just life, but that it's no, lo- no longer the sum of who I am. I walk each moment in the knowledge that I am a child of God, not defined by the past or the pain that I was drowning in. It took a while for my husband to wrap his head around this miracle of healing. You know, sometimes the people that find it hardest to believe it are the people that you just live in the same house with because they expect the same thing and all of a sudden it's different. Although I think it's still a work in progress, but it did make me chuckle when he said, what did you do with my wife and where did you bury her? I need to know so I have an alibi. <laughs> well, she's gone and won't be returning. The new me is here to stay. I've been seeing many different medical professionals in the search for pain relief and upon telling them my news, each one of them asked which church and what did they do? I just read that for the first time. (laughs) Okay. I thought they would have been dismissive and really wasn't expecting to have such positive conversations. So what does this healing look like for me in an everyday practical way? Well, here's a list of my experiences in just the two weeks. I can be in church, sing and not need earplugs. So just when she was down on the floor on Saturday night, She lay there for ages and there was music and there was noise and whatever. And she said, this is the first time I've been able to actually be in this environment. No earplugs, no blindfold or sunglasses because it was just, the noise was too overwhelming. And she's just sprawled out on the floor with none of that. Um, I can play my clarinet and saxophone for as long as I want. Immensely helpful to a music, as she's a music teacher. (laughs) I can concentrate at work and be so much more productive. I'm now aware of when I'm hungry and thirsty. That's, that's actually a really big deal. Colours are vibrant and intense, but not painful. I can go shopping anytime. Oh, poor Matt. <laughs> um, even when there are noisy, I, I think it was more even when there are noisy toddlers around. Is there a box of tissues somewhere close by? If anyone can just revelate or call in or something, that would just really help me to get through the rest of this whole thing. <laughs> Thanks, Megs. And if that fails, there's always toilet paper. Um, I no longer feel the change in barometric pressure that would precede a storm and lead to an inevitable debilitating migraine. Oh, that's, yeah. My sleep has improved. I can engage with my kids daily. My daughter even said that I'm nicer. I can wash my hair whenever I want, not just when I need to. I can do housework. I can do gardening, which I love. I can turn my head when swimming. I thank God for the ministry of I-61 and Tribe Byron Bay for the many faithful people who have been praying for me over the years. Thanks, Megs. God is good, and for the first time in a very long time, I'm looking forward to the future. (laughs) Let's give Jesus a hand. Wow. That has right royally messed me up. We live for that stuff. That's what it's all about right there. That's what the name of Jesus does. That's meant to be normal. That kind of breakthrough, actually, that kind of life without needing the deliverance is where we're meant to be. Do you want to 
Just one more very quick thing. Stand up so the oh, screen sorry. can hear you. One though. more very quick thing. Margaret was just sharing, and I won't go into massive detail, um, but I was saying to Margaret, I want to pray for you as well over this stuff. Because um, God took about an hour. We took about an hour on the floor just to work through this stuff with Marilee, and then she was completely free. And um, so I said to Margaret, I wanted to pray for you, but I didn't want to get near her if I had a cold. And she was just sharing tonight that one of the byproducts of her daughter being healed is that Margaret has experienced some healing as well. Because Margaret has debilitating arthritic arthritis that often stops her from functioning altogether. So, like, the miracle ripples on to other people. How cool is that? Wow. Thank you, Jesus. Wow. That is so good. Have you still got any inflammation, Margaret? Is there any left? Mm. Which means you're able to do stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, wow. So can a couple of people just go and put your hands on Margaret gently? <laughs> so Jesus, we just say, you are the God who finishes what you start. And we just bless what you have done in Margaret. God, I just, we just bless how open and sensitive she is to your spirit. And just right now, I just ask you would take what you have begun and take it deep. Take it into every cell of her being, every joint, every, um, every connection in the body where there has been inflammation. In the name of Jesus, let the cool wind of your spirit just blow right over that. And let every bit of pain and inflammation be gone and never return in Jesus' name. Yeah, bless you. Wow. All right, I'm going to try and pull that together. That's epic. That is epic. Um, one of the things, did Michael say I could? He will. So, um, a couple of weekends back, you heard Michael Moffat give a testimony of how his back got completely healed out in the car park and he was dancing around and doing all these things to try and make it hurt and it just didn't hurt anymore. Um, and what that was, that was a spirit of affliction that he felt leave and just kind of went and, um, and off it went. Um, I'm going to come back to another story like that that happened last weekend, but... Um, a number of you, when Maria particularly prayed off fear and intimidation, I think that was, was that Saturday night or Sunday night? That was Sunday. That was Sunday night. Um, and I know a lot of people got a whole lot of freedom then because that was one of the things that really kind of, in the nicest, well, <laughs> it started to hiss a whole lot when, when we were going after it um, because it was something that had been kind of embedded and, you know, rammed in over the last few years. Well, Michael got freed from a spirit of fear and intimidation and... Um, at his workplace, he has been an entirely different guy. Um, I met with him last week and he just said, you know, th there's some stuff going on that he really struggles with and he's always struggled to speak up about it. And he's just like, you know, what? I don't care anymore. I can speak up. I can speak the truth. And he pulled a whole lot of people, including his own boss, into line. <laughs> and they all went, all right, you're right, okay. In other words, the, the strength that was in him started to come out because he was no longer scared and no longer intimidated. And he's like, I can't believe I did that. I never would have done that a few weeks ago. Um, and in him doing that, it shifted the whole atmosphere of his workplace um, 
especially toward integrity and being above board uh, in a way that he was really struggling with, with doing before. And I'm not going to do that story justice. You just, you know, you have to hear it from him. But that's a really cool thing that when fear and intimidation goes, it really goes. And all of a sudden he could speak the truth and, and not just speak the truth in a way of, you know, being offensive and obnoxious, but not in a way that actually called people up um, to a standard. And all of a sudden they went, all right, all right, yes, you're right. And started to shift the whole atmosphere. Then last weekend I had another, um, there was a couple of really cool breakthrough experiences, but one, um, it's often the meeting after the meeting where a lot of cool stuff happens, um, you know, in, in, the, in the afterglow as we call it. Um, and the people who I was staying with, um, she had back pain all day, like right down here, and to the point where she couldn't bend over properly. And you know, she was doing a whole lot of ministry with people during the night um, at church, and that's where some of the really cool deliverance stuff happened. Um, but afterwards, she's still like, "Oh, I've just got this thing," and you know, I haven't been able to bend over all day, and it really hurts. And my radar started going off, and I'm thinking, "Hmm." This has got a dark hat and sunglasses on it. So I said, so can we pray for this right now? She's like, heck yeah, let's go. Anyway, so we came around, we prayed for her, and there were a number of different things that I could see, like wrapped around her spine. And so we took authority over all of that stuff. And it, was, it wasn't just a prayer for healing moment. It was literally, it was a deliverance moment where we took authority over stuff that we could see. And, you know, she kind of hit the floor and then all the stuff came out. And then she gets up and I said, how's your back now? And she's like, no pain at all. Not at all. Next morning, um, same again. How's your back? She's like, I have no pain whatsoever. Like, go to, go to, let's go to Luke chapter 11. This is where I wanted to, to jump into Scripture for a moment. By the way, one of the things is when, when there's testimony of a miracle, it's really good to celebrate that as a culture. You're all very quiet and that's very cool, and it's supposed to bring joy. So I'll just sit back in here and wait while you get joyful. Feel free to start any time. Any time's good. Like, does that make you happy at all, or is that just boring? <laughs> hmm. Yeah, no, I didn't moonwalk. I'm not real good at that. Not in these shoes anyway. Okay, we'll come back to that. Luke chapter 11. So a lack of ability to celebrate a miracle is either an oppression or an unbelief. This is not in my notes. I'm just kind of picking up something in the air right now. Hmm. Hmm. Okay, so Jesus, right now, we just come against every religious oppression that would say that Jesus has to be in a box, that he has to be all nice and orderly, and everything has to be nice and clean and tidy. And Jesus, we just want to say, we, we give you permission to be you in our environment. We give you permission to set the captives free. We give you permission to open blind eyes and to heal people's bodies as well as heal people's hearts. And God, we just say it's okay 
for you to do messy with us. Just want to say, as the father of this house, it's okay for you to do messy with us if that's what's needed. We give you permission. And God, would you, would you just pull off us that religious discipleship that stops us from entering into fullness of joy? Hmm. Okay, some of th- this is going to sound like a really dumb statement and I'm probably going to have to pull back from it somewhere, but some of us have been in church too long. Some of us have been in church too long. The joy's been discipled right out of you. Now, I love church, don't get me wrong. But, you know, we have been used to church that disciples the joy right out of you. There's a few intercessors around the room that are just getting really happy right now. That's the like, go for that, right? <laughs> Let's just stop for a sec. I'm so far off the script now, it's stupid, but I can't see me getting it back anytime soon. So just start to stir up your own spirit. If you, if you pray in tongues, just begin, just begin to stir up your own spirit right now. Yeah, Jesus, in your name, we just break every religious covering right now. When I'm talking about religious, I'm talking about that pharisaical religious spirit that's like a wet blanket. We just break that right now in Jesus' name. And for those of us for that, for where that is a familiar thing, you know, we've been in church a really long time and, and that whole, the wrong version of decently and in order has just become so normal God, we just pull that out right now in Jesus' name. We say that is not familiar to us anymore. Come on. Holy Spirit, we just say you're free. You are free. You are free. You are free. Your word says joy unspeakable and full of glory. It's not so unspeakable that it's so far down inside that you can't find it. Hmm. Any spirit that is attached to the land, Mm. we take authority over that in Jesus' name. And we just say you will not have your way with us. Any mute spirit, I've often felt like there's a mute spirit over our intercession and over our worship. And as I'm saying that, yeah, In, in Jesus' name, we break every mute spirit that would try to yeah. operate in our church family. And we just say no more in Jesus' name. Mm. Lift it off. Yep. Lift it off. We lift it off. How? So a mute spirit doesn't just stop you from talking naturally, but it does stop your unique voice from coming out. It stops you from being able to give voice to what God is doing. And you know, the funny thing is, the verse we're about to read from is where Jesus casts out a mute spirit. <laughs> she didn't know that. <laughs> she had no idea we were going to do that. Yeah, so Jesus, in your name, we just, we just take this as a word from you right now. Those of you who are intercessors, by the way, if you feel like getting up and walking around and praying while we're doing, can I just release you to do that? Because I feel like 
this is not going to be an ordinary meeting. I've got no idea what's going to happen next, but this is not going to be an ordinary meeting. So those of you who are intercessors, if you, want, if you need to be up and around or if you're feeling stirred in spirit and just want to be up and moving and praying, please feel free to do that. Don't feel like you've got to do what's normal in church. <laughs> if you need to crack up laughing, just do it. Like if there is an expression that's kind of rising up, let it happen, okay? Let it happen. I just bless what you are doing, Jesus. I bless what you are doing. Lift off us this religious thing that keeps us shut down and too well behaved. (laughs) For those of you here for the first time, I'm so sorry. Bless you. <laughs> and just come along for the ride with us. You're very welcome. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Yeah. We just break off the expectation of lack when it comes to what you're going to do. It just you know, it came out of Nerali's testimony here when she said... Um, I started to become a little despondent that in God's time is not going to be any time soon. You, we develop this expectation of lack. And so, God, we just renounce that right now in Jesus' name. God, where we, out of disappointment, out of hurt and of pain, have come to expect that nothing's going to happen when we get together other than we go through the motions and do the same stuff over and over. That's not what any of us signed up for. So we just break that, God. And and anywhere where we have aligned with that, God, we renounce that now in Jesus' name. If that resonates with you, and just really, just stop and check your heart right now. Because I got to, you know, there are some weeks I walk in and, you know, some weeks I walk in absolutely full of faith and other weeks I really have to fight this wall of unbelief that says, you know what, we're going to do the thing today, but I don't feel like anything's going to happen or anything's going to shift. I understand this. <laughs> we have this. We experience the same thing. But sometimes it was interesting coming into today. I felt like this wall of unbelief that I was bucking up against, and I'm trying to work out: is it is it mine or is it corporate? So I had an experience. I was speaking at a youth camp many years ago, and I was just starting to feel like hell. I was just like, oh, like I was feeling depressed. I was just feeling like, oh, and I and so. The next morning, and I love doing youth stuff. Like, it's, it's the joy of my life. Youth are more fun than adults. Sorry. <laughs> Not, well, a lot of you are fun. Yeah, you're fun. You're, you're very fun. You're dangerous, actually. <laughs> and, um, and I just had this moment of clarity. And, and at the beginning, when I got up to speak that morning, I just said, is anyone feeling... This and I just described what I was feeling. The entire front row went, "Yep, that's me." And I realised what I was picking up actually wasn't mine. It it was what was going on in the air. And I had a similar experience as I'm sitting there getting ready for today. And I just felt this wall of unbelief coming at me. And I'm thinking, "Have you got something on that? Do you want to say something? Yeah, come on up, ladies and gentlemen, Warwick Wilson." Um, Hi, everyone. Um, So. Earlier on, we'll just, just we'll, stay this side of that so that the stream okay. can hear you. So um, and see you, I mean, so that they can see you. I was going all right <laughs> until that that was on, and my hair's not done. You look beautiful. Yeah. Um, <laughs> unbelief. I just felt like 
I just felt like um, I got this. It's, I feel like there's people in the room that have given up or about mm. to give up. Um, and what that means is I don't know, particularly in your particular circumstances, but what I feel like is that God's saying to you, don't give up. Keep pushing through. Keep pushing through to the breakthrough. Lean on me. Don't let fear and anxiety be the thing that stops you from going for after some more. Um, you may have been felt like you've been let down the entire time, um, but the words of a heart, Psalm 121, 121 come to mind. You know, I look to the hills, where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord. And in Kings it talks about um, Elisha takes off the... Okay, um, and Elisha takes the blind That actually to happened, see. didn't it? There we go, yeah. That did actually happen, that was... fell off. All right, yeah. um, as, you, as you were. In, in Kings, Elisha said to, the, to his, I think it's the servant, he was um, sort of unbelief, and he was about to give up because he saw the enemy in their, with their chariots and their thousands of thousands upon thousands of, of armies of the opposition coming through. And... Let, let them see. So my, my prayer for you guys that are going through this at the moment, Lord Father, just let their eyes see. Mm. Let, them, let your, their eyes to see you, Father God. Mm. Just, um, just give, a, uh, um, give them just hope, more hope than they ever realised. Father, just release them from any mm. anxiety or fear that is stopping them from, keep, from keeping on going. Yeah. So, Father God, just bless them abundantly. Show them in nothing else other than um, something that they can see, that they can hear, they can mm. feel and touch, Father, and just know your presence is there, Father. Just do your work, Amen. If that's resonating with you, can you stand up right now? Yeah, that's you. Because I'm sitting there listening to that and going, either we're picking up the same thing or that's a word for me. Because that's exactly what I was feeling today. And I'm like, yep. I know I'm going to get into worship and I'm going to be okay, but I, did, I couldn't tell at that time whether, that's, whether it was mine or whether it was something corporate. I had a slightest inkling that it could be something corporate, but it was really flipping overwhelming. Okay, so if someone's standing up near you, can you reach out a hand towards them right now? Yeah, good. Reach out. If someone's around you, let's make sure everyone who's standing has somebody attached to them. Now, let me say to you, there are, there are real-life circumstances, I'm sure, that you can point to that would lead you to feel this way. But that's not what's making you feel this way. A spirit has got on this. Okay? A, a, a demon has got on this. I don't know, because I was experiencing it last night, and I could feel it sitting right on my chest, and it was right in my face. And, you know, I, I get warfare sometimes, but this has been next level. Um, so th this is the real deal. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, we just break the power right now of that spiritual attack and we lift it off you in Jesus' name and we declare that your circumstances are not the truth. They may be factual, but they're not the truth and they're not the final word. 
And just like what was a spoke a moment ago, um, just like Elijah said to Elisha when, when he said, oh Lord, open his eyes that he may see. God, we speak to these amazing humans who are standing right now, who are in the midst of battle. And we say, God, open their eyes that they may see. And what Elisha saw was that the hosts of heaven that were for them were so much more than, the ho- than, than anything of the enemy that was against them. There is so much more on your side than you could possibly know. And so in the name of Jesus, I release hope over you in Jesus' name. I speak hope into your spirit and your soul and your body. I speak hope. I speak hope. I speak hope. I give your hearts permission to believe. For some of you, the fear of disappointment is the thing that is stopping your heart from believing. It's like, if I believe, I've believed before and been disappointed. I don't know if I can do that again. In the name of Jesus, God, I just speak healing to the pain of disappointment of the past. But God, let that spirit of fear and that spirit of hopelessness break off now in Jesus' name. Break it off now in Jesus' name. And if there are tears coming, let it come. Like I said, this doesn't have to be clean and tidy. It's not meant to be. Life is messy and so church can be too. In the name of Jesus, that spirit of hopelessness and despair, we break it off you. Now in Jesus' name, we lift that despair off you and we release healing to your heart. Where your heart is hurting, in pain, we release healing. We release healing. We release healing. And we give you permission to hope again. We give you permission to hope again. We give you permission to hope again. Just come on, church. Just let's just lift the engagement for a second. Let's really take take a stand for these people. Let's pray for them like you'd like to be prayed for if you're in the middle of this. If you pray in the spirit, just start to lift that up. In the name of Jesus, we release hope. We release hope. We release hope. And this hope will be an anchor for your soul. This hope will be an anchor for your soul. And it's not hope in an outcome first and foremost. It's it's a hope in the one who holds the outcome in his hand. We release hope. We release hope to you. We give permission for your heart to believe. And God, we break off every spirit of unbelief in Jesus' name. And it's not that, it's not, this is not a you're being unbelieving. No, it's a spirit that has got on you that is not you. It is separate to you. And we break the power of that spirit right now. And God, I just release discernment into every heart and every spirit that they will be able to see that thing for what it is as not them, but separate to them and something that they can throw off, that they have authority over. In Jesus' name. We come against attacks over families in Jesus' name. We come against attacks over families in Jesus' name. We say it will not prosper in Jesus' name. We cancel those attacks. We cancel those assignments now in Jesus' name. And God, every bit of pain and trauma, we just draw out of them and we draw it to the cross like a magnet in Jesus' name. We draw it out. We draw it out. We draw it out. Just every bit of pain and trauma that has been stuck, and it's like it's been stuck in your body somewhere in the name of Jesus. We draw it out like a magnet to the cross. 
draw it out in Jesus' name. And God, for every tear, for every bit of pain that has been detoxing, we release the shalom of heaven in its place. That peace of God which passes all understanding. And you know, we often need the peace that passes understanding because the stuff we see doesn't give us a whole lot of peace. But he gives us the peace that passes all understanding. God, we release restored hope. Restored hope. Okay, I don't know who, will, who this is for, whether you're standing or whether you're sitting, but for some of you, part of the reason why you've stayed stuck in hopelessness is because you've needed to grieve and you haven't been doing it. And you may not have actually known that you've needed to grieve, but when you experience pain and loss and when life deals you stuff that is painful, God has put a process in us that helps our heart to heal and it's called grieving. And when we do it, it doesn't allow that thing to rest on us and to stay there. And so, you know, if you've got tears coming right now, it's actually one of the best and healthiest things that you can do. And church needs to be the safest place in the world to make a mess. Seriously, church has got to be the safest place in the world to make a mess or we're not a healing environment. Yeah, so if there are tears, let them flow. Because they actually, if I could show you chemically what tears do to your body, you'd want to do it all the time. Because it's actually been put there by God to help your heart to heal. And God, just as every bit of pain is leaking out, we just replace with your healing and your peace in Jesus' name. And we just say the attack of the enemy that seeks to take advantage of their pain ends now in Jesus' name. We declare the struggle is under the blood. Struggle is under the blood in Jesus' name. Just let peace come. Just let peace come and rest upon them, Father. Thank you. You don't leave us in our pain and trauma. We may go through it, but you bring us out the other side. Yeah, just let your peace begin to rest heavily upon them. Your peace rests heavily, heavily, heavily upon them. In Jesus' name. you're able to take a seat, feel free. If God's still doing stuff with you, just let him do it, okay? There's no, there's no decently and in order thing like this. Like, just keep it going. <coughs> so let me just briefly pick up the scripture I was going to bounce off and I th- maybe... The other stuff I hand planned can be next time. <laughs> but the fact that 
Deb spoke about a mute spirit and the scripture I was going to bounce off involved a mute spirit. Let's just hang there for a second. And like I said, if you're still receiving, just keep receiving. It's okay. Um, This is Luke 11, uh, verse 24. And when I say 24, of course, I mean a little earlier than that. (laughs) Um, So what has happened here And this story is in Luke chapter 11. You'll also see another lens on it in Matthew 12 and you'll see another lens on it in Mark chapter 3 um, where Jesus has been around casting out demons. And again, you know, it was a really, really normal thing when you look at Jesus' ministry and you look at the apostles' ministry in the book of Acts, it regularly says with shrieks, evil spirits came out of people. Like it was actually a really normal thing. Um, and church has become way too sanitized, in my humble opinion. Um, and hence, when something like that happens, which is actually completely normal in Scripture, we think it's weird. Um, but it's actually not weird at all. It's actually the normal Christian life, that we walk into places and demons start wanting to walk out of places. That's the way it's supposed to work, right? Because we have authority over those suckers. So Jesus has been driving out demons. Um, and verse 14, yeah, actually it was 14 in my notes as well. I just couldn't see it because it wasn't far enough away. Um, Luke eleven fourteen it says, And Jesus was casting out a demon and it was mute. So it was when the demon had gone out, the mute spoke and the multitudes marveled. And then he said, and then um, the Pharisees start saying it's by Satan that he drives out demons, at which point says, well, Jesus says, well, how can Satan drive out Satan? Like, it just doesn't, that just doesn't work. And then he goes on to say um, from verse 24, when an unclean spirit goes out of a person, it goes through dry places seeking rest and finding none. And it says, I will return to the house from which I came. When he comes, he finds it swept clean and put in order. And then he goes and takes with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself, and they enter and dwell there. And the last state of the man is worse than the first. Now, what I wanted to talk about was learning to occupy. Because it's one thing to get a breakthrough. And one of the things we're really good at as the church is we want to go for breakthrough. We get the breakthrough. It's like, yeah, something happened. Like last Sunday night, I was praying for this girl at the end of the message. And I was just standing behind her like this and just waiting and seeing what God would do. And I felt this thing just go, poof. And leave her. And I'm like, okay, I'm kind of in northern New South Wales. It's a little bit trippy territory, but I think I just felt something, you know. And so I turned around her and said, did something just leave? And she's like, yeah, I think it did. It really did. Anyway, we kept praying some more stuff, and she just got an absolute ton of freedom, was just lying on the floor laughing her head off with joy after being in a really, really intense struggle. Um, And we love those moments. We love those moments of freedom when stuff just goes... And we need more of those, right? (laughs) We need a whole lot more of those. But the lesson from this is we also need to learn what to do on the other side of that. Because often we go, oh yeah, great, that's done, that's gone. But what we see here is the warning is if we don't put something there in its place, we're going to end up worse off than we were before. Now, I think... I might pick that up a little bit more next time. I just want to headline that, that we need to get really good at occupying the space, at dealing with whatever the reasons were that got that thing, that let that thing be there in the first place so that it doesn't find the house swept clean but vacant is essentially the essence of the language there and it thinks, cool, there's a nice house there. It's not so nice there. I'm coming back. 
But what I want to pick up based on what's happened today is, verse 14, Jesus was casting out a spirit that was mute. In other words, this was a physical condition that this boy was suffering that these days we would take them to a doctor or a speech pathologist or whatever for. It was a physical thing, but the origin of that physical thing was not physical, it was demonic. So when when Michael's back got healed out in the car park about eight, ten weeks ago, what we quickly found out was the pain in his back was not physical, it was demonic. Because the moment we broke a generational spirit of affliction, he felt this thing happen and it all just left. I've had this before where I was praying for someone and this was actually a situation I was remembering while I was praying for Michael out in the car park that... um, we were down in Berry, you know, where the donut van is. That's how I remember places, by the food. Um, <laughs> not the Berry Juice, no, Berry the town where the donut van is that have like the epic, epicest donuts in the whole of New South Wales, right? Anyway, apart from the donuts, this guy <laughs> turned up to church and he had like 10 out of 10 pain in his back. And I think it was he couldn't stand up. It wasn't that he couldn't sit down, it was, but yeah, during worship, he stayed seated. He just couldn't enter in. The whole night, he was in intense discomfort. And someone said to me, can you come and pray for this guy? Um, and I said, yeah, of course. Um, anyway, I, I started praying for healing. And, and some of you have probably heard this story before. I started praying for healing for his, for his back. And, and he said, oh, the pain's gone from there, but now it's over here. Now, if any of you have been around this stuff long enough, you know that that is like gotcha. That's a gotcha moment right there because that's what a spirit of affliction does. You pray for healing on that, that place and it just moves. And it moved. And I said, are you telling me the pain moved? He said, yeah, yeah, it was there. It's gone from there. Now it's there. I'm like, gotcha. And, and then I just asked the question, because he was in the construction industry and that's what Michael works in as well, which is part of what reminded me of the story. But just as a little clue, anytime you're praying for someone and you remember a past breakthrough, that's often actually the leading of God saying, what happened there is happening here, so remember that. And so I remembered that out there. And, and in both cases, I said, is there any um, history of back pain in your family? Um, and so the guy down in Berry near the donuts, said... Um, Oh, I said, yeah, yeah, oh, look, my dad has a bad back. His dad had a bad back before him. We were all builders and all of this, and, you know, we all have bad backs. And I'm like, gotcha again. So we broke the generational inheritance. Again, I don't have time to go into all of that, but um, you know, Genesis talks about the sins of the fathers being passed down to the third and to the fourth generation. Now, if that worries you, it also says that his kindness is passed to a 1,000 generations, so blessing outweighs curse by 250 to 1. But that's good news. You can be happy about that. Go. Yeah, good. I wasn't very happy, but we'll go with that for now because I want to bring us into land. Um, And so this thing had been passed down from generation to generation. And because this guy had never really known his life without it, he just thought, well, that's just what I've got. And that's that's when a spirit becomes what we call familiar. I'm so used to it. It feels like it's so a part of me. I've never known my life without it. And therefore, I just accept it as normal. You know, what narrowly had kind of accepted and had become normal, it's like, it's so familiar that I feel this way, I expect to feel that way, which actually is a faith principle because faith attracts to me what I have object, faith for. And so if I expect that, it reinforces and gives authority and spirit for that thing to stay. 
The enemy's a mongrel. He doesn't, he doesn't play nice. But he looks for alignment. He looks for agreement. And when we expect it, because it's familiar, it actually empowers him all over again. So we break the generational inheritance. And we just simply do that by saying, in the name of Jesus, I take authority over that spirit of affliction. And just as a clue, if any of you have got any conditions in your body that have been in your family line, as I'm saying this, I'm praying it over you, okay, right now. So in the name of Jesus, what we say is we take authority over that spirit and that generational inheritance right back through the generations. We break it at the fourth, the third, the second, the first generation. We break it in you and in every generation that follows you until Jesus comes. And we declare that that assignment ends here now. And we place the cross of Christ between you and that generational line. So that only blessing can flow through the cross. Okay, that's how we deal with that. Then it's isolated back to the person and then we just deal with any agreement that that person has with it. Now, once we'd broken the generational stuff, he's like, it's hardly there anymore. And I said, you ready for this thing to go? He's like, hell yeah. So he said, right, in the name of Jesus, that spirit of affliction, it has to go now in Jesus' name. And I will never forget afterwards. You know, he walked out going, I'm in no pain. Like, I'm in no pain at all. Like, this has been absolutely debilitating and I have no pain, none. It's like, come on. Sometimes, and when I say sometimes, way more often than we think, the enemy masquerades as something physical and it's not. It's actually a spirit. So the back pain that Michael had, the back pain that guy in Berry with the donuts had, I'm clearly hungry. Um, <laughs> Oh, Jesus, just bring us donuts. Come on in. We just call it in by faith right now. Bring us donuts. Anyway, um, so, you know, that guy's back. Michael's back out there. Um, The back pain that this lady was experiencing last Sunday who, who got healed, it was not natural pain. It manifested as that, but that's not what it was. It was a spirit. The moment we take authority over the spirit, it went. I want us to wake up to the reality of the way that the enemy is trying to work here. He tries to make things familiar. He tries to make our expectation of stuff in our body. We get used to it. It's normal. No, it's not. It might be common, but it's not normal in the kingdom. When stuff has got familiar, when stuff that is not promised to us in here is in our life and we come to accept it as normal, we actually empower that thing because we come into agreement with it. Okay, really quick thing. Matthew 28, the Great Commission. Matthew 28, 18 to 20. What did Jesus say? What was the beginning of the Great Commission in Matthew 28 for those who have been around the Bible a while? Starts with, say it, Shell. Oh, you cheated. You looked it up. But that's okay. You're allowed. <laughs> Okay, pause there. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, Jesus said. So if Jesus has got all of it, who's got none? The devil has none. Now, if you go back to where Jesus was tempted in the wilderness, Jesus took him up to a high place and showed him all the kingdoms of the earth. And the devil said to Jesus, uh, he he said he offered him all the kingdoms of the world for they had been given to him. So 
the fall, we lost the authority. We had the authority. But at the fall, we lost it. And we see that when Jesus was tempted in the desert because the, the devil said, I will, give you, I, I will give you all the kingdoms of the earth for they have been given to me. Now you notice Jesus didn't say, yeah, that's a lie, nice try. Independent fact checkers have proved that to be false. <laughs> Sorry, that was a little... Because what the enemy was doing at that moment in time was offering Jesus his destiny without going through the cross. And if Jesus had have said yes to that, he would have got what he came for, which was all the kingdoms of the world. That's what he came for. But he would have bypassed the cross because there was the if you worship me. And of course, Jesus kind of goes, no deal, right? (laughs) But then the Great Commission comes after the resurrection. This is when Jesus is like, hey, dudes, I'm out with dudesses. Is that actually a dudess? I don't know if that's a thing. Dudette, dudette. That sounds like a little female dude. Anyway, um, I know, need to land. It is really hard up here. Just get away with me. You're doing donuts. I'm doing donuts. Yeah, I'm going around. Yeah, that's it. I shouldn't have spoken that out. And I just did it again. Um, after the resurrection, and he says, all authority has been given to me, He's like, hey guys, I got the keys back. I got the authority back. So now the authority is back with Jesus. And then when he said, therefore go, and John's version says, as the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. In that moment, he transferred that all authority to you and me. And we read about it in the book of Ephesians when it says, we are seated with Christ in heavenly places far above every rule, authority, principality and power. We have that authority and we have been so used to accepting the stuff of this world as normal when Jesus has given us authority over it. He's given us authority to kick its butt. And what we've just started to see in the last couple of weeks is we've kind of opened up a can of kick butt. And it's stirring up the ground. And so it should. So I, I want to encourage you to expect healing, to expect Freedom increasing to expect breakthrough because Aslan is on the move. Let's stand. Yeah, come on. I actually have a prophetic. I feel like I need to give a prophetic warning, not negative, a positive warning of something that's about to come. God gave me a word uh, eight or ten years ago that I would see healing to autism at the DNA level. Yes. And I felt tonight that God said, they're not ready, but warn them it's coming. (laughs) So I'm letting you know, we're going to see healing of autism in this place, in Jesus' name. Come on. Let's stand. Come on. Let's agree with that, you know. Agreement and understanding are two really different things. Okay, in that great commission in Matthew 28, Jesus says, teach them to obey everything I've commanded you. He didn't say teach them to understand everything I've commanded you. Felt like that didn't land. Let me say that one more time. (laughs) Jesus didn't say teach them to understand everything I've commanded you. He said teach them to obey. Obedience precedes understanding. You'll get the understanding on the other side. But if you need to understand before you obey, you will completely limit the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. 
So, that declaration that Debbie just made, just, just start to really engage your spirit right now. God, you did, you spoke to us that we would see autism healed. God, in the name of Jesus, we agree with that. We agree with that. We declare that it is not too big for the cross. We declare that your blood purchased healing for every ailment, every barrier, every blockage, everywhere where life is a struggle and less than fullness of joy, you paid a price for that thing to be shifted. And so God, well, we don't understand, we can't go, oh, I know exactly how that will happen. And here's our step one, step two. We haven't got a clue. But God, we say yes, because you've said it and we come into agreement with you. And God, we lay aside every bit of unbelief. And just like that man said to Jesus, we believe, help our unbelief. We believe, help our unbelief. And God, we, we invite angels of breakthrough into our midst whether it be for autism, whether it be for long-term illness, whether it's for blind eyes open, deaf ears, um, deaf ears to be unstopped. Ooh, this, is, this is for real. We welcome angels of breakthrough in our midst. We welcome angels of breakthrough in our midst. God, you are God of the breakthrough. And we will not be held back by the religious wet blankets that keep trying to be dumped on us. You are God of the breakthrough. So we say, Holy Spirit, come. <laughs> Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. And God, we release the sword of the Spirit. God, your word says in Hebrews 4.12 that the sword of the Spirit divides even between joint and marrow. And one of the things that that division does is it separates out what is the stuff of the enemy and what is actually us. And when stuff has become familiar, that line is blurred. And so we release the sword of the Spirit to separate that out in Jesus' name, so that we will no longer tolerate and accept things that are not our inheritance as normal and okay and, well, this is just the way it is with me. It is not just the way it is with you. It is not just the way it is with you. And God, we ask for strategies to be released for us to systematically dismantle every kind of disease, illness, infirmity and baggage in Jesus' name. God, we ask for the keys to dismantle every kind of sickness, ailment, infirmity and baggage, that your kingdom would come and your will would be done in this place on earth as it is in heaven. And everyone said, yeah. amen. Come on, let's give Jesus a hand. Yeah, we bless you, Jesus. Well, that was completely different to anything we had planned but we'll take it. So why don't you just take a moment, just check in with who's around you, love on each other, pray for each other, and especially if you've experienced some healing or you still need some, just, you know, let's, let's love on one another big time. Um, bless you and let's get some donuts.